Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 35, everyone, operating on July 27, 2020. This is Drew, and I'm here with Doug. We're two av geeks and aviation professionals creating a safe space for other av geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Good day, everyone. We hope this episode finds you safe, healthy, and in good spirits. We're one week closer to this crisis being over, and we're staying positive and aviation tough. So you've had a pretty busy week. So you've had your parents over. I know it was, your, it was Doug's birthday, everyone, this week. So a lot of stuff going on. Are you exhausted yet, or how are you doing? Yeah, and you were working. It, no, it's, it, it's a good exhausted. And mm-hmm. I know I was, I was texting you, Drew, because we put up the tent in the back last weekend, and had a water table for the girls and we were just sitting out there drinking beer northern california <laughs> beautiful afternoon breeze palm trees and yeah. i said it was the vacation that i didn't realize that we needed even though we were at home yeah. it was just a, a break from the monotony of the last several months and it felt almost like we were sitting at a pool in vegas or uh-huh. a pool in the caribbean or you know pick your spot around the world it was that break that we needed Mm-hmm. because your parents were there so it was a whole different thing. yeah exactly and so they were helping watch the kids and it's always great uh with my dad here we've had him on the show in the past to be able to just have some beers sit in the back watch the planes fly to san francisco to europe and <laughs> it's which first of all it's good to see a lot of those flights back because I, I klm yeah and i had said to him you know this is the time of night that we would normally in the past that he and i would sit out in the back and check flight radar 24 flight aware mm. for all the European traffic yeah. in San Francisco. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden we saw one and I was like, Whoa, what's that? So I looked, looked into it. KLM is back. Mm-hmm. Air France is back. Right. Turkish is back. United is running a bunch of metal to Europe. So yep. even with the quarantines, even with the decreased demand, certain mm-hmm. flights are starting to come back. And so it was, it was fun to just sit and, and kind of watch those and almost feel like, like normal i mean it's it's tough to forget what's going on but yeah they're they're little green sprouts kind of shooting up yeah so you're lucky we don't we don't see a lot of that because the airplanes leaving dulles which is our main international airport will take off they'll go to the west and they will circumvent the dc area where yeah, i live so they go do a wide circle yeah yeah so we don't see it but um so you guys doug's uh, parents were visiting and they brought him some little gems from doug's childhood <laughs> yeah. And my favorite one, he sends me pictures of this, and he actually tweeted this one. So he sends a picture that he did, that he drew when he was seven, of three DC-10s, and he flies a DC-10 now, so that makes sense. So really nice, you know, for a seven-year-old, those drawings are great, Doug. I used to draw those too. So you had a Northwest DC-10, you had an American DC-10, and then you had a United DC-10. So he was an airplane guy when he was seven, but listen to this that picture he was already a spreadsheet guy because <laughs> just below those airplanes was a graph with some numbers and this is what it said it said northwest airlines 10,000 american airlines 1 million and united 20,000 so i know i know exactly what you were trying to I'm, say i'm curious <laughs> please tell me what i was thinking cuz i have yeah. no idea <clears throat> no it makes absolute sense so this is back to the Biscoff rule. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, the airline geeks love airlines based on if they serve Biscoff. Mm-hmm. So at seven years old, what you were thinking is, this is how many Biscoff backup packs that the airline would need for you to fly them. Yeah. Yeah. So Northwest was your favorite. Mm-hmm. So as long as Northwest had 10,000 backup Biscoff packets. That would fly them. Yeah. Yeah, you were safe. Yeah. United, you didn't like as much. So as long as they had 20,000, you were good. It's like, all right, yeah. I'll fly. Yeah. America needed to have a million, a million. backup Biscoff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? Is that? That's that probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I flew Northwest, no joke, hundreds of times as a kid. And then United was, I, I wouldn't call it a close second, but United was definitely the second airline that, that we would fly. And American, you we were, were in Detroit, right? Really Is Detroit, your main Nor- northern Michigan, but yeah. So Min- Minneapolis and Detroit were the the two main hubs that we would fly through. Why wouldn't you fly through Chicago? Like, why would did you just why did you? Because uh, so places? when we lived in northern Michigan, uh, United and, and American flew there for a, sh- a short time, but towards the end of the time that we lived there, it was only served by Northwest. 
Okay. So that's really why we flew Northwest. Yeah. Cause it was the only option that we had. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we were just talking about when Northwest changed their name from Northwest Orient to Northwest and you guys, we talked about that for about 20 minutes. So that we'll, we're going to have to say well, that. a separate episode. Yeah. Cause yeah. one of the other pictures my parents brought was a picture of me at Minneapolis when I was probably mm-hmm. three years old with four or five Northwest Orient 727s behind me before they even had <clears> the N on the tail. It was the, the bowling shoe livery as they, as they yeah. used to call it. All right. So yeah. here we go. So we're talking about things that are very esoteric. So we agreed that we'd kind of explain things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. some of the ab geeks listening probably just know it as Northwest. Mm-hmm. So in the eighties or early nineties, Northwest changed their name. Northwest Orient mm-hmm. changed, changed their, their name, name to Northwest airlines, the Northwest. Yeah. Cause they wanted a more domestic appeal. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they were, they wanted more Asian appeal because they, yeah, they wanted to that, to that Japanese appeal. Yeah. Cause they had a big, a big hub in, in Tokyo, which as Drew said, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, yeah. on a previous episode because or on a, a forthcoming episode, because there's a lot of info that we, that we could cover on that. But real quickly, I just want to thank Drew. So we, we had Julie on the show last week. If you guys haven't listened yet, Julie was awesome. Great stories. But she talks a lot about bubbles which is what she she calls champagne. So Drew texted me the other day and said, hey, are you going to be around on birthday? And I said, well, yeah, I'm working from home this week. He said, okay, there's a delivery coming from you. And I had no idea what it was. I I really, I I couldn't even guess. Drew sent me some aviation stuff in the past. So I was wondering if that's what it was. Like, oh, it's a United t-shirt. Dude, some random (laughs) random guy in this beater car showed up in the driveway. I was just sitting out. It was DoorDash or something. Yeah, and he he hopped out with a brown paper bag and he was like hey are you doug and i said so yeah shady he's like can i see an id and then i need you to sign for this so he handed me this this brown paper bag and i pulled out this really nice bottle of champagne that drew had sent me for my birthday so i appreciate it we put it on ice and then we sat out at the fire the other night and had some had some bubbles but drew gave a little note and he said this is for you to enjoy right now since we can't travel and we can't lounge lizard. So it was, it was perfect timing after the episode with Julie. So Drew, thank you very much for that. It was, it was excellent. I could close my eyes and <laughs> pretend like I was in a Polaris lounge or a, um, the Concord <laughs> club, the Concord room. Well, your um, wine store did not have Julie's LPGS, which is Laurent Perrier Grand Siècle. Yeah. So I had to get whatever they had. So I hope it was, hope it was a good substitute, but yeah, no, that, that was awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's move yeah. on to a couple things. So as Drew mentioned, my parents were out here visiting this week and we have to debate my dad's travel. So my dad flew back on Tuesday. My mom is still here. She's leaving this afternoon. He was originally booked on an A220 from San Jose to Salt Lake city. I had to drop him off at the airport early just based on timing or, and, and everything for his flight. So he was going to sit at San Jose for like four hours. So he decided that he was going to switch to an earlier flight, which happened to be an ERJ 175 for two reasons, because he could get the automatic upgrade to first class because there was mm. available. And he would have more time at the sky club in San Jose because there isn't one or in, sorry, in Salt Lake, because there isn't one in San Jose. So Drew, we're going to debate this. My dad mm-hmm. hopped off an A220 <laughs> to yeah. get, a guaranteed upgrade and more lounge time. Let's okay, so talk, let's talk about this. Well, the first question is, has he already flown an A220? So many times that he can't even keep count. Okay, so that makes absolute sense to me. I mean, he's seen the A220. Now he's gotten first class confirmed on a 175 and he gets four hours at the club. That's that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah, would- I, if it was my first time on a 220, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, even, even though I love the lounge time and I I love the the upgrades, I would probably still stick to the the two twenty. Yeah, the kicker is, and I don't, I don't think I told you this: the flight delayed, the ERJ one seventy five delayed to the point where it took off after the two twenty. Oh man! He left that flight, got back on the original. He was on the two twenty. No way! His, his flight back to Colorado from Salt Lake was delayed, so he still got the club time. That's perfect. Um, okay, so he got the 220. Did he get first class on the 220? Yeah, he was in Comfort Plus, which is the uh, the domestic premium economy product. So uh, yeah. still, still good seats. Okay, so this is yet another episode. You're on a three-hour flight. First class on a 737 or Comfort Plus on an A350? Comfort Plus on a 350. <laughs> yeah, no confusion, right? Yeah, not at all. No, not at all. We should put that out to a poll. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. So if you, if you guys uh, give us some feedback on that, we'll, we'll throw mm-hmm. a poll out there and Hey, next week uh, we're probably going to have some guests on this might yeah. be a discussion for them. Yeah. You know, just a quick preview yeah, and you know, things may change cause all of us work in aviation and you know how things change, but our, our plan is to have Tyler and Jason who work in Phoenix for the airlines and it's going to be ramp fest. Yep. It's all going to be about the ramp and you know, we're going to have our, news briefs and everything and they're going to give us their thoughts on what's going on in aviation but i'm going to tell some ramp war stories from working in america west in oakland and i'm sure you have some from uh your job too you know oh, absolutely Air Star so let, let me interrupt you real quick i don't mm-hmm. i don't think i've told you this but speaking of america west this week american airlines announced their quarterly results and i don't know if you saw some of the uproar doug parker ceo of american yeah. who was CEO of US Air prior to that and America mm-hmm. West prior to that, yeah. opened the call thanking his America West team for all that they had done. No way. Yeah. So he slipped. Yes. Fro- a Freudian slip. And so it, it, was, it was right before his prepared statements. And then yeah. Robert Isom, who's the president, had his prepared statements and several yeah. people. And then the way a normal conference call like that goes, an earnings call, they open up to the press uh, at, for the last right. half of the call. Twitter yeah. had, had blown up during this time. And everyone was saying, did I hear that correctly? Did, did Doug Parker really just say that? Yeah. And he, Doug Parker's team, who was with him, had been following all of this. And so they must have said something to him while one of the other people was doing their prepared statements. So Doug <laughs> Parker, he actually addressed it before, oh, no before the media Q&A and said, I'm really sorry about that. You know, <laughs> the last time that we were in a crisis of this magnitude was 9-11 when I was at America West. America West, yeah. And so in my mind, I went back to that, and it was definitely a Freudian slip. But yeah. it's kind of, kind of interesting uh, that something like that happened. And the way that social media works today and the connectivity that the team knew about it before yeah. he even got to answer the questions and he could get out in front of it and talk about so it. So the conference stall is still going. Meanwhile, Twitter going. is going up about exactly. America West. And, and people in the room <laughs> with him are like, sir, you need to see oh. this. You need to talk about it. Address <laughs> it immediately. So when I was in training for America West in the 90s, they said that people, the customers would mistake it and call it American West. Oh, yeah. So most, most airlines would be like, no, you got to correct them. It's not... United Airways, it's United Airlines. Yeah. But no, America West was like, if they refer to us as American West, it's okay. Because yeah, American people, had a really yeah. good reputation. Yeah. And America West was a little scrappy wannabe. Yeah, a little startup. It's so weird yeah. how the world has changed where that scrappy airline is now, is American. It is. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's American Airlines in, in name alone, really. Yeah. Well, ultimately, it's, it's that scrappy startup is... American Airlines, the world's yeah. biggest airline now. Right. We Which, should stop that, this that discussion because be, we need to save this for Jason oh, that could and be an Tyler. Episode, that could be an episode in and of itself is just the, the lineage of, of the current airlines, right? Yeah. And the leadership teams. Because if, if, you look at, if you look at Delta, the leadership team is, by and large, previous Northwest. If you look at United, Scott Kirby grew up at America West under Doug Parker. So it's just, it's really, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was with Doug Parker. And, and so it's just really interesting to see all of these connections between the different right. airlines. Yeah. So you guys, if you ever work for the airlines, don't uh, piss anyone off because yeah. it, it is a don't small burn. world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't burn a bridge. <laughs> yeah. No, the, this is a great discussion for a further episode, but let's, let's move on. We've got a lot yeah. to cover yet today. So it's really hard to tell if it's been a quiet news week or not, just with everything that's been going on. Sometimes it seems like it's a little bit quieter. And I would say this week seemed like it probably was a little bit quieter from the last week. So. But there, there have been some things in the news. So here's what's in the news this week. The FAA warns of possible engine shutdowns and a safety directive on older Boeing 737s. Delta has placed over 100 people on the no-fly list for refusing to wear a mask, says the CEO. Southwest sees $1 billion in cost savings over the next year, avoids layoffs for now. Fasten your seatbelts. Airlines are about to disclose their losses. Confirmed, Alaska Airlines joins One World by end of the year, which is ahead of schedule. Boeing hoping for FAA 737 MAX certification by October. New coronavirus surge threatens airline industry recovery. 
All right, and that wasn't that wasn't it. There's more stuff. Uh, United-born's travel demand will, will languish until COVID-19 vaccine comes about. We have uh, Qantas retiring its last 747. Emirates will cover medical expenses if passengers catch COVID-19. Uh, we have Taiwan's parliament approves proposal to rename China Airlines. There was an Ethiopian 777 uh, that burst into flames on a Chinese tarmac. U.S. and, and European airlines seek virus testing to open up travel. And Belgium and Lufthansa agreed to rescue Brussels Airlines. All right, Drew. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, what, what stands out to you? Well, I want to talk about the masks because um, we got some def- more definitive guidance from at least the majors, right? At least the big four. Um, so now at United, it's no mask, no fly. Yep. So I want to hear what you think about this because I, I think that there are some people out there that really should not wear a mask. But I think this was ruined for them by people that were just flouting this rule. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that refused to wear masks, they were just doing it to be, um, to, to, uh, make some statement. I think. Yeah. To, to stir something up. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Doug. Well, I, I was just going to say, I know Delta and I, I think Southwest did this too. Um, and I, I don't know about United or American, but if you have some medical condition that does not allow you to wear a mask, they have on call physicians that work for the airline that will talk to you ahead of the flight. You can FaceTime with them. You can yeah. talk to them on the phone, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You have to get cleared by the airline physician to explain right. your position. And then you get a card or a statement or something to, to show to people like, hey. I'm, yeah, I'm that's Delta. Here. That's Delta. And Delta yeah. is saying, yes, you can do that screening, but it, will, it may take an hour. Mm-hmm. So for United, it's no mask, no fly. It's easy. You have yeah. a mask, you don't go. Um, Americans said something interesting, which is so true. You know, it's not the airline wanting this. It's the airline's customers and employees that are demanding this because their customers don't want other people not wearing a mask on board. Yeah. So it's not the airline. It's not as much the airline. Did you see that video yesterday that circulated on, on Twitter? So I, there was a lady getting off the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as you know, I try and stay off Twitter as much as possible these days. And I, I usually get back on around Saturday so that I'm kind of up to date on, on what's going on before we Mm -hmm. record. But I saw this video that went viral of this woman who got asked to leave the airplane because she wasn't wearing a mask and the entire plane was clapping for her. Yeah. As she was leaving. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I don't, no, I don't shouldn't shame people in any of the shaming, but at the same mm-hmm. time, if you don't follow the rules, you're, you're not going to be able to, to play. And yeah. if, if we don't all band together to stop this pandemic in the, in the first place, then guess what? We're not going to have air travel. We're not going to, we're not going to have travel no. in general. And what's well, going to take longer. Exactly. It's going to take longer to recover. You yeah. know, if people don't yeah. get on board with this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're in California. I'm in Maryland. And I, I can tell you everyone here is wearing a mask. Yeah. I will go to the grocery store. It's not 99%. It's 100%. Oh, yeah. And, and that's going to, that is, the hospitals aren't overflowing here. Yeah. It's stable and it's, it's getting better. Yeah. But, so you I, know. I, I, didn't tell you, I didn't tell you this year. I walked in on my daughter during her nap time the other day. And she mm-hmm. was sitting reading books to her stuffed animals like she was a teacher. And she uh-huh. had a mask. Oh God. <laughs> in her, in her room. Like this is my four year old. That's my crazy. So even a four year old can get it. Exactly. Yeah. And my, and my mom walked her to the library the other day in her wagon. She wore a mask the entire way there and the entire way yeah. back because she, she said that she wanted to be like the adults and wants to do her part. So my right. four year old can do it. Well, you may not remember this, but when I was a kid, they had the seatbelt laws coming in place yeah. and people didn't want to wear them. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I sat in the back of station wagons. Remember with those reverse seats? <laughs> you didn't have seatbelts. You know that the, yeah. the seats came up out of the back, and you sit and look back out out the back window. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's reached that habit with the masks. But now, who gets in a car and doesn't feel naked without the seatbelt on? Yeah, exactly. And I have reached that stage now where I get out of the car and it's like, oh, I need my mask. It's yep. almost an instinct now. Yep. Which is good. So. It's good. No, that's that's good. All right, All right, did so you have my, anything from the news briefs? Because I have yeah, one. So my, my topics, there, there are two that to me kind of go hand in hand. And that's the case surge, which threatens the airline's recovery and United's warning. So this came from the, the earnings call this week that Scott Kirby said that he thinks that demand won't come back. And, and 
demand is is a, a relative term. You, you can call that ASMs, available sea miles. You can call that revenue. You can call that total number of passengers versus 2019. So there are yeah. different ways that you can define demand. The way that Scott Kirby defined it was revenue. And he said, okay. revenue won't recover more than 50% until a vaccine is widely proliferated. Okay. So yeah. the, the, way, the way that Scott Kirby is looking at it is saying, until a vaccine is widely disseminated, revenue won't be any more than 50% of what it was at, at the peak or in, in 2019. So yeah. it, uh, it, it's going to be months before we, before we get there. And you, you, uh, there, there are lots of these studies about the, the vaccines and, and how they're going to work and, and whatnot. Yeah. But until sometime next year, and it's widely disseminated it, it, for, for, the, uh, for the vaccine, yeah. I, in a way, I kind of agree with him. But I agree with him too. So, yeah, I, I, well, I, I was just going to say, I, I sent you a, a screenshot of an article from the Wall Street Journal this week talking about yeah. how remote work isn't actually <laughs> living up to what people think that it is. No, Be- because because uh, innovation is stifled, the personal <clears throat> interaction, and both, mm-hmm. both Kirby and Ed Bastian from Delta in the earnings calls this week, or, or Delta, <laughs> I guess, was last week, um, mentioned they don't think that business travel is dead the way that a lot of the pundits are are saying they they think business travel yeah. will not come back the way that it has or the way it was in the past they're saying most companies now are going to say yeah you don't have to go on this trip we're going to keep you at home and and both of these airline ceos and and you could argue well they're they're trying to be optimistic mm-hmm. but we've talked about this scott kirby has been the most pessimistic from his messaging of any of the airline CEOs. Yeah. And he is very much a numbers oriented guy, a spreadsheet guy. He's mm-hmm. down to the bones when it comes to the numbers. Yeah. If he is saying he thinks that business travel will return, right. I, t- I tend to believe him because he's, yeah. he's smart. He, United saw this crisis coming before any other airline and yeah. really started to batten down the hatches for lack of a better term before anyone else did. Yeah, uh, and and I honestly I tend to agree with him because I have had a lot of business dealings in the last couple months on Zoom, and some mm-hmm. of the people who I talked to on these meetings, of course, we got what we needed to done on Zoom, but they said we would have put you on a plane today to fly out here for these couple of hours if we we had had the choice. You could, yeah. If travel, we want to do mm-hmm. that. We want you on a plane. We want you in our office. We want to talk to you face-to-face about yeah. this, even though we can cover it on Zoom or yeah. wh- whatever Teams or, or mm-hmm. whatever your video messaging is. Per- personally, I, I think it will come back. And it sounds like the airline CEOs are saying they agree with that as well. So, you know, we're going through an organizational change. and All the airlines are going through it. It's just not just me. So we're changing the structure to do more work with less people. Mm-hmm. So we're trying different processes and I still have people working from home. So they're engaged in it because they're working from home, but they're still part of my office. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the test with them. And Doug, I'm just like, this can move at light speed if I had them here. Yep. <laughs> because the, the guys that are here, I can ask them, all right, how's this going? Or, do you have good communication with the ramp? Blah, blah, blah. But with the person at home, I have to open a Teams mm-hmm. meeting to see their face and I'm telling you, the work from home, it may work. It, we're going to see more of that when we come out of this, but you're never going to take away the efficiencies and that synergy that you yep. get with yep. people in the same room where the ideas are flying and they're talking and they're engaging. It moves so much faster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, But I want to uh, tag on what you said because um, around March, I don't know if Scott Kirby was saying, maybe it was just Scott, but I think it was most of the airlines. We were expecting that by the fourth quarter, we'd be up to revenue being 70%. Mm-hmm. I think the airlines would be happy to be at 50% right now. Considering- yeah, but, but what, one thing that you have to look at too is in March, no one quite knew how bad it was going to get. And mm-hmm. they, hadn't, they hadn't started these optional early retirements, buyout packages, et cetera. So even if the... Uh, the recovery doesn't get back up to that 70% by the end of the year like they were talking about. They've cut the costs in a way that 50% revenue is not as bad as it would have been six months ago. 
Oh yeah, because it's smaller, so it could, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. And I, I think we'll probably do like a five minute segment in a couple episodes once all the airlines have reported their numbers, and and you yeah. and I can actually talk about because I, I've noticed a lot of differences between the airlines and and what they've reported, and and kind of how they're structuring their messaging and and everything to be able to kind of get because yeah. this is our our first real look at what how badly the the industry has been impacted yeah because it's all shaking out now yeah because the the first quarter it really only encapsulated the last two to three weeks of of covid uh in the end of march to or middle of march to the end of march so we didn't really get Mm -hmm. this full look at at how the airlines have adapted to it so for instance united's cargo operations were up 36 percent year over year from a revenue standpoint Oh, and, wow. and Kirby kept kept talking about the cargo team, lauding them, saying, you guys did great work this quarter. Yeah. Whereas Delta and American cargo was was struggling, even yeah. though they're flying cargo only flights, the revenue was down quite a bit. So it's interesting to see how the different airlines are coping with this and how they're reporting yeah. the numbers. So we'll, we'll have to talk about this in a future episode. Yeah, we'll see what will happen. Um, so from our news briefs, the other thing I had, Doug, was um, Taiwan. So we said Taiwan's parliament approves proposal name proposal to rename China Airlines. So we should explain this a little bit. So for those of you listening and, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Most of you guys probably think China Airlines is from mainland China. China Airlines is the national carrier of Taiwan, which mm-hmm. is the People's Republic of China. Yep. Um, and then China mainland is the People's Republic yep. of China. Yep. So um, we can get to a whole thing about geopolitics, but basically they split in 1949 when the communists beat out the nationalists mm-hmm. and the nationalists based their they went to themselves. Taiwan. Yeah. They went to Taiwan. But both countries or both region um, territories think that that's the real China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knows when this dispute will be resolved. But we're seeing Taiwan kind of break free a little bit so their airline is China Airlines, and they were saying that China Airlines was flying all over the world, and people were thinking it was mainland China. Yeah. Right? And they don't want to be even the, associated. The, the mainstream media was mixing up. So Drew and I always send each other stock, stock photo fails when mm-hmm. we see an article about an airline, <laughs> and, and they use the wrong photo, the wrong stock yeah. photo, like a, an old... Uh, United Airlines, the battleship Gray, when they're talking mm-hmm. with the 747, when they're talking about brand new 787 arrives, you, you know, that <laughs> that whole thing. And a, a lot of media in the last couple of months were using like Air China stock photos when talking about Taiwan or right. China yeah. Airlines when talking about Air China doing repatriation flights or medical yeah. supply flights, et cetera. So it, it's confusing even to the people who cover the industry. Right. So they did um, on change.org, they had a, um, a poll and 50,000 Taiwanese people signed on to change the name of China Airlines to mm-hmm. something else. China Airlines is staying out of it. They're saying we have no official comment. So they're not yeah. getting in the fray, but it looks like the name will be changed. Um, got a question for you. So you probably see these China Airlines in your California skies because I don't. Do you know what their call sign is? It's kind of a cool call sign. No, I, d- I don't. Dynasty. Oh, di- yeah. Di- okay. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know what their three-letter code is. I think it's C-A-L, but I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to look into that. Yeah. So I, I know we need to move on, but uh, yeah. one last <laughs> of these briefs I want to just real quickly mention because we love the 747. Last week's episode was a lot about that. Yeah. What Qantas did for their send-off was pretty incredible. If you guys haven't well, seen this, the seven four, the final seven four that left Sydney for LA, and then eventually went to Mojave, which is in California, where it, it was eventually retired yesterday. Actually, they drew. So if you guys know what the Qantas logo looks like, it's the kangaroo. Oh yeah, you sent me that. Okay. The hopping kangaroo. Yep. They actually they had this elaborate lat long using GPS coordinates, and they they drew the jumping kangaroo just off. It's the so precise, dude. It's it's incredible. <laughs> They took off and they flew over Sydney Harbor with a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, photo helicopters and, and whatnot, taking video and, and photos of this airplane flying over Sydney. Yeah. And then they, they flew this hopping kangaroo before they continued on to Los Angeles. So, okay. bravo, really well done. That, that was an amazing send off. And 
you sent me this meme. I know I saw it before you sent it to me. It's a press conference and it's got two <laughs> at a table. One, one person's sitting at the table with just a single microphone in front of them. And then there's this other lady sitting at the table with like 50 microphones and this single microphone it said a380 retirement and then the lady sitting with 50 microphones said 747 retirement and it's you can't you can't even see her without the yeah exactly no no one is no one uh, other than us really has been talking about like air france retiring their a380s and and whatnot Whereas everyone is just so invested in the 747 yeah. retirements. We've talked about KLM. We've talked about Qantas. We've talked yeah. about British Airways. Mm-hmm. It, it's just that goes to show the longevity of this airplane and what it means to av geeks and, and even non-av geeks. I, I see so many people commenting about it who are peripheral to the aviation industry and yeah. don't, don't have a stake in it. And just what it means to see this airplane going away you know yeah have you have we confirmed if uh korean or lufthansa is bringing their 747-8 back no they, they haven't talked about it i've seen jason rabinowitz who's from the av talk podcast and we've we've talked about him on on the show and he's really active on twitter he was saying that while korean and well so let me let me back up i don't remember who it was someone made the comment that they may never see a 747 at their airport again and Jason, who's based in New York City, made the comment, I don't even know if we'll see a 747 at JFK again, even though Air China, mm. Korean, and Lufthansa all have used the 74-8 to JFK. No one knows yet what the status of those airplanes is going to be moving forward. Which is so we got to move that up on the list because I, I definitely want to fly that before. We need to fast track that Lufthansa 78, or, uh, 74-8. Yeah, so you guys, we have a list of flights we want to take when it's back to normal, and we are going to move the 747-8 up on the list, and preferably it's Lufthansa because that's easy to catch from San Francisco or uh, Dulles. But no, Korean is too. I don't, but I don't know if Korean flies that to Spo. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen triple sevens. LA maybe. LA, yeah, I think they fly the seven eight. No, I I think they fly the three eighty to LA. Uh, all right, we'll find one. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Go wherever it is. Yeah. All right. Our main topic this week is one that we mentioned in the news briefs. Uh, the FAA air weatherness directive is to inspect next generation 737s, which are the previous generation 737s prior to the 737 MAX. Inspections are for planes that have been sitting idle for longer than one week. Boeing advised operators to inspect engine valves for corrosion. There were four reports of in-flight engine shutdowns caused by bleed air valves that were stuck open. 2,737s in the United States are affected by the AD. Boeing said, with airplanes being stored or used infrequently due to lower demand during COVID-19 pandemic, the valve can be more susceptible to corrosion. Airlines don't expect that this airworthiness directive, or AD as we call it, to impact the current flight schedule. Southwest is the most exposed since they only operate the 737, and this might further sway Southwest to consider a second fleet type. Drew, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to look at another aircraft type. And as far as Southwest looking at the situation, their planes have mostly been flying. So they haven't been sitting a lot and or they're rotating them from storage. Um, and just to take a, take a step back, all of the 737s use the same engine. It's the General Electric CFM-56. Um, so I'm surprised that they were able to isolate this so quickly, Doug. What do you think? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I, I wonder if they had questions about this, about the the validity of these airplanes sitting for so long and then coming back in to the point where it wasn't something that worried them. Like, hey, we have to do this right now, but yeah. we need to keep an eye on it. And for the listeners, just because an airplane shuts down an engine doesn't mean that it is necessarily going to fall out of the sky. Airplanes yeah, can exactly. fly on on a single engine. That, that happens. And as pilots, we train for that. We train extensively in the simulators. We have all these different procedures that we go through. So you guys don't need to feel unsafe flying on these airplanes. Now, the, the Southwest thing is really interesting because I think we talked about this several episodes ago that Southwest had met with Airbus about possibly getting the A220. And we also talked about how had Southwest gotten rid of all their next generation 737s, the 800 yeah. and the 700, and all they had were the Maxes, 
mm-hmm. Max grounded, they're out of luck. Oh, they, they'd be they out of not yeah. have an airplane. That could have taken Boeing down. You exactly. know, paying the exactly. And, and and we've talked about this too. That of course, operating a second fleet type is more expensive, and that's yeah. part of the reason why Southwest only operates the seven thirty seven. And they're not the only airline in the world. Ryanair operates only seven thirty sevens. Uh, Goal down in uh, Brazil only operates seven thirty sevens. Yeah, Ryanair uh, Jet only operates a three twenty. So or in three nineteen. So a lot of airlines around the world only operate a single fleet type. But yeah. while it saves costs, there is also <laughs> an operational risk. Uh, risk with it in that if an airplane gets grounded for some airworthiness directive yeah all of a sudden now you don't have airplanes that you can even fly a partial schedule with yeah you're yeah you're dead in the water and it's just one airplane southwest has already been upset with boeing about the 737 max and Mm -hmm. then back what was it the end of last year when they had that pickle fork issue with the 737 where it was some sort of metal that was fatiguing several several decades ahead of when it was supposed to it was supposed to last for the lifetime of the airplane they had to replace yeah. those not like I, I love the 737 it's a great airplane not saying it's unsafe but there are inherent risks with operating just a single fleet type yeah i don't remember if we talked about this in the decade prediction episode i think by 2030 i think by the end of the decade southwest will operate two different fleet types personally because they, they've been burned yeah, enough think- their relationship with Boeing has been frayed to the point where I think that they're, yeah, going to look they're to, ready to look around. Yeah. Look, look around. Yeah. And for those of you that are concerned about this new problem, so reading into this, so specifically in the engine, this problems, this is at the fifth stage check valve. So apparently with corrosion, when these planes are stored, that valve is staying open and that could lead to a compressor stall. So all they have to do is check these valves. So American is saying that they've already checked their whole fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, United hasn't given as much detail, but they're saying they don't expect significant delays. Yeah. And um, as we said, Southwest is saying they're all fine. So yeah. Well, and I, I can say, cause I, I've done, I've done some trips where we, we either broke somewhere along the way or uh the trip was delayed by a week or more. And so I've, I've sat in places around the world for a week waiting for the mission to continue. Yeah. And we get back in that airplane in, in the KC 10, which is a, a DC 10, man, we run into problems. We start the engines. We oh, really? Leaks, we get bleed air issues. We get lots of different things. Airplanes don't like to sit airplanes. How long would that plane have been sitting though? I've, I have flown an airplane that we sat for almost a month. We, we landed in a place, I, I can't get into the details of it, we were moving something somewhere and we landed and we were told wait and we ended up waiting for a month. We were in a hotel just waiting. And by the, time we, by the time we finally got back in the airplane and, mm-hmm. and we, we'd even said, can we go fly? We, we asked the, the powers that be, can we just go fly? Can we yeah. take the airplane in the air, go fly around for a little bit, come back and land? We're not going to go on with the mission, but the airplane just, right, just to keep it from seizing up, get exercise. And we were told no. And then mm-hmm. lo and behold, when we finally got back in the plane and we took off, we had a pressurization issue. We had uh, several different things. So we had an emergency return and we, we came oh, back man. and then we were there for another couple of days because they had to work out those problems. Now, without telling us where you were, did, did they have a full setup with aircraft, with maintenance there? Yeah, they did. But uh, a lot of that, because of where we go, we don't necessarily have the same maintenance as the airlines do at, at the major airports that they go to. So we, we actually had to fly people in with the parts, and it, it's this big hubbub that we that we had to go through. Yeah. But the, the moral of the story here is that airplanes don't like to sit. And the, like when I, so when I show up at a plane and I look at the forms, mm-hmm. And I see, okay, when was the last time this airplane flew? If it flew yesterday, I'm like, okay, good. We're going to be fine. If, yeah. it has, if it has been on the ground for a week, the hair on the back of my neck <laughs> up like, okay, what problems am I going to run into? Because this, the valves haven't been moving. The liquids haven't yeah, been Engine start. Do you have a lot of problems with uh, engine starts for planes that have been sitting? No, not necessarily. I, I think I've only had one hung start and we were able to, to get past it. But... Yeah. Still, the, the airplanes just, they, they don't like to sit. And, and there's a reason why in the good times, airlines have utilization rates for these airplanes of anywhere from like 12 to 15 hours in a 24-hour period. 
Meaning yeah. these airplanes are being used more than 50% of the day, whether it's a red eye from the West coast to the East coast to then turn to head back to the West in the morning, et cetera. The airlines are constantly, constantly exercising these airplanes and think, think of it like you, you, you know, you, you've talked about running, you've talked about working out during, yeah. during COVID. Right. If you don't run for two weeks and then you go yeah. for a run, how sore are you? It's hard. Yeah. How out of shape are you? These yeah. airplanes, while they're not living creatures, they, it's the same way, you know, or, or your right. car, you know, you, you sit a car while you're on vacation for two weeks and you get to the airport when you land and sometimes the battery doesn't turn over and you get weird lights and indications. It's the same thing. I mean, these airplanes constantly they, have to be moving and exercising. Well, and I have to go back and check, but I remember Southwest had an aircraft utilization rate of 13 hours. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, half of its life, an airplane or that example, half, yeah. of that, half of its life is in the air. In the air, engines running, moving yeah. on the ground, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. So for our Ops Center topic, we didn't have a lot going on this week, but I did want to give a shout out to our friends at the FAA. So in the old days, it, the, I've been in the airlines for a long time and things have changed. So just watch airport. If you haven't watched airport 1970, just go watch it just for historical value because you'll see that every single person that worked in aviation had an attitude and an ego. And it was total power trip from the pilots to the airport managers to the FAA, all that. But Thankfully, things are changing. And just where I work, we have we know our tower supervisor on a first name basis. We yeah. hang out with him. So normal days when there's thunderstorms, the FAA will just say, "All right, you're on a ground stop. You're you're on gate metering," mm-hmm. which means we have to call them before our plane pushes back. Not so much anymore. So one call from me to the tower supervisor, we can plan it so that we can push on time and hold a little bit. The traffic is less now with COVID-19. So before where we needed gate metering, not so much. I can manage that with the tower supervisor. On a day with thunderstorms in all directions, where there were reroute issues, whichever direction you were going, we had a 90% on-time performance rate because working with the tower and our ATC, ATC guys at the airline who are very creative on getting routings out of the DC area, 90% on time. And the taxi times were not that long. Maybe. 40 minutes versus 20 so minutes normal. Would you, would you say it's gotten better in the last couple of months? Oh, in terms of communication with the FAA or just in general? Yeah. Well, yeah. With the FAA, the, the relationship, would you say? Oh no, this is over time. No, in, the relationship has been good for the last couple of years. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying like, so five years ago, you would never call the tower. Yeah. We would just yeah. take whatever they give us. I, I, I was just wondering if this is one of those, cause you and I try and find the, the positives from oh, this, from COVID saying, Hey, is this something that'll, that'll change in the future? And I, I was just wondering if this oh, is yeah. in the last couple of months, but. Well, no, no, there is a point to that too. So the positive from COVID is not so much the, re- we established that good relationship with the tower before COVID. Yeah. But now we're using that relationship within COVID to tell the tower, Hey, we're not running a full schedule. Don't feel the need. Don't think that you're helping us by putting us on metering. Sure because we have half as many flights, we can get out there and we can find routes because it's not only Dulles, there's less traffic all over. Oh yeah. So if we were, if this was 2019 and summer, I would have planes out there for an hour or two hours, bringing them back for yeah. gas. Yeah. Well, we brought look, one flight back this week for gas. One so let, let's help the listeners real quick. Let's, let's yeah. talk about why. So the, the Eastern, the Eastern seaboard. So the DC and the New York, centers essentially are some of the busiest airspaces in the world. In the world. I, I've, I've had it before where I have slot times where I, I can't even take off. Maybe I'm flying from the Midwest oh, yeah. or something like that. And I'm not even allowed to take off because the airspace is so congested. Mm-hmm. And luckily that's not happening. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately it's not. Unfortunately, like, look, that, that sounds really bad. <laughs> that's not happening right now because the yeah. sheer, the sheer volume just isn't there. Yeah. But if, if we can take this time as an industry to better ourselves and figure out right. as the capacity starts to ramp back up, how we can better deal with that. So that's, that's one of the big reasons why, like if you fly as a passenger from say O'Hare to LaGuardia, it's, it's a little less than a two hour flight actually in the air, but the block mm-hmm. time might be like three hours and 15. Oh minutes. yeah. 
gave well, me. even from San Francisco to Los Angeles, it's a yeah. 45 minute flight, but yeah, they're but an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas when I fly from Sacramento to Salt Lake, which I've flown that flight probably a dozen times in the last year or two, mm-hmm. it's a little less than a two hour flight and it's blocked for two hours. So, I mean, they're like two minutes on either side it's and it's always on time because it's reliable because yeah. we don't have those airspace issues. issues yeah. So if we can get, if we can figure out a way to get past that. Okay. So I want to ask you a question. So have you ever been a pathfinder or do you know what that is? No. When they ask, okay, so we'll have storms around and FAA will ask one of our flights mm-hmm. or another airline, random airline. Yeah. Hey, we have this route that we feel is good. Can you beat the path? Oh, interesting. So that would so help. what happens is say, I don't know, say United 918 to London says, yeah, we'll do it. We'll be the pathfinder. Those guys are badass. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're going to take off into the storms. Yeah. They're going to fly they're gonna find through, the way through it, right? Yeah. And then they're going to report back. No, it's smooth. And mm-hmm. then a whole line of planes, you know, with we'll miles follow. and trail, yeah. will follow on that very narrow you know, alleyway or yeah, route that they were able to get yeah. out of through the thunderstorm. So yeah, yeah, pathfinders. Yeah, when we hear that, it's like, oh, nine eighteen London is our hero tonight because that's so. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna for. tangent I'm gonna tangent this real quick, and the the yeah. listeners will appreciate this. So I know a lot of people complain about turbulence on airplanes, and oh, drink service isn't isn't being served <laughs> right now. And I've heard people say, oh, the pilots are flying through this. <laughs> I can tell you from listening on the radios. Guys, pilots and ATC are working hand in hand to oh, yeah. find the smooth air to the point where I, I can't tell you the number of times where I've heard pilots on the radios and, and myself included saying, hey, we're at this level, it's smooth, or we've got light chop or moderate chop. Can we get a different altitude? And I've yeah. seen Twitter, I, I follow a lot of ATC controllers and they kind of complain about it. They're like, oh, these pilots, you know, asking for clear air or whatever. But honestly, guys, Everyone, Why not? That's providing good customer service. Everyone is trying to work together. The, the pilots are working really hard to try and yeah. find that smooth. that smooth air. Yeah. And, right. and so, it's also for safety. It's not just serving it, dinner. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll report in and we'll say, hey, light shot. And ATC will say, okay, we've had reports about 40 miles ahead of you. It gets better. Or mm. you can try a different altitude. So guys, everyone is trying to work for, for a better flight. No, that's awesome. All right. So um, we're probably running on time, but I got one more question. And you know, ATC yeah. could be a whole another episode, but have you heard of a limbo route? No. I'm talking about this because it's, it's, so, it's so amazing, like all the ways they find to fly through thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about traffic on the Eastern seaboard, which is crazy. So we might not be able to take off, not because of DC congestion, but because of the over the passing airplanes from Florida to New York. Oh yeah. So now we can't get in because there's this constant flow. It's like a freeway up there. Yeah. So another thing we're doing is if the pilots agree to um, this route, it's called the limbo route. <laughs> so it's a limbo route is when you fly at 10,000 feet for the first hundred miles. And then, oh you're, you, yeah, so you're, you're doing a limbo under, yeah. interesting, yeah. So you've got all this freeway above you, right? Mm-hmm. And then United 918, I'm just using this as an example. United 19 is like, yes, we'll accept the limbo okay. route. So it flies at 10,000 feet below all that traffic. And then, so um, here, climbs here's, up to here's another point. tangent. Do you know why 10,000? Why not no. 8,000? Why, yeah. why is it? No. Because in the, the NAS, the National Aerospace System, you are not allowed to fly more than 250 knots below 10,000 feet. Once you get to 10,000 feet, because of, think of it like a speed limit driving down a road. Because as you get lower, you're in more of the general aviation, oh, right. traffic, et cetera, oh. noise, that kind of stuff. So any, anytime you're below 10,000, you can't exceed 250 knots. And okay. normally when, it, when an airplane is flying, say from here to, from California to the East Coast, whatever, yeah. You're flying either 330 knots until you get to a Mach. So the, the Mach is the percentage of the speed of sound that you're flying. Mm-hmm. And the indicated airspeed to the Mach changeover point is at roughly 28,000 feet. So we'll fly 330 knots until we get to 28, flight level 280. Above 280, then we switch over to Mach and we speed up to Mach 0.82. Yeah. So if we're below 10,000 feet, we can't fly more than 250 knots, which is 80 knots or more below what we normally would fly. Yeah. And so if you're trying to get passengers to a destination on time and you're stuck below 10,000 feet for 100 miles, you're going to be flying a lot slower. Whereas if you can get up to 10, 
you can speed up to 330, you're not going to be flying anywhere near as fast along the ground as if you're at altitude, but mm. it's faster than staying below 10,000 feet. So there you go. Yeah. No, it's so cool. I, I think when customers are sitting on a plane during bad weather, they have no idea the coordination between exactly. airport ops, yeah. FAA, the yep. pilots. People are really, you know, looking at all kinds of we, options. And we have to get that. We have to get a controller on. So if we have we any, do. if we have any controllers out there who are listening, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on and talk about it. Yeah, just catch us uh, at Next Trip Podcast on Twitter, or um, we'll read out how you can catch us in just a moment. But yeah. um, so yeah, so but, real, but I want to end with um, yeah. That, would you have anything else for that? No, that, no, no. No, I just want to say, you know, once again for our friends at the FAA, whether it's uh, local airport towers or ATC centers, thank you so much for everything you do. People don't see you, but we appreciate you and you make a, a big a big difference for us. Yeah, especially as, as a pilot, someone who flies, I, I really appreciate everything you guys do. So real quickly, before we go, Drew, where am I heading? <laughs> I, oh, I don't know. Well, you won't say. No, your, your students will tell. No, you. no, not not my flight. Where am I going right now? In like ten minutes. Oh, sec- yeah, you get to go to the airport. I'm going to the airport. Yeah. So my un- unfortunately, my mom is leaving today, but I my daughter and I are going to bring her up there. And since uh, for the first time since May, when I flew to Philly for a work trip, I'm going to the airport. And unfortunately, I can't go in. At, at least I'm not expecting to, because last time I was there, they had signs saying unless you're flying, you can't come in. But mm. I get to drive onto the airport grounds. I get to see the airplanes sitting there. And I think my daughter and I will probably park in the parking lot and watch some planes for a little bit. So well, I'm, but can I'm, we talk about your work trip, which is more exciting to me where your students will tell you tomorrow? Oh yeah. The- so um, yeah, Friday. Well, it's not a trip. I mean, we're taking off from here and landing back here, but yeah. So I, I show up on Tuesday and my students will let me know where we're going. So it's, it's always a fun surprise. Yeah. So I told Doug, it's like, yeah, get ready for Honolulu and Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish it was, but yeah, no. So I, I get to fly this week. So that'll, yeah. that'll be fun. But yeah, yeah, off to the airport right now. And uh, maybe I can tweet out some things. Yeah. Send me some pictures. Yeah. All right. Uh, to our listeners, you guys, this podcast is your show. So follow us on Twitter. We're at at next trip podcast and let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it you can also email us at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com or uh, give us a review wherever you listen so that we can find that and then uh, respond back to you thanks to all of our listeners for your support and joining the conversation we'll see you next week in the meantime stay aviation tough this has been the next trip podcast Find us on Twitter at NextTripPodcast or OfficerWayfinder.com slash podcast. Oh, hold on. Okay, you know. There we go. All right. I needed some uh, some courage. Oh, good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing my research before I have the wine. <laughs> so, so that, that way I can write down my facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>